Where is Jesus? That was the question. That's the question we are trying to answer, isn't it? Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Let's turn to Luke chapter 24. I want to show us the relevance of this. Praise God. Luke chapter 24. From verse um, 13. Luke 24, verse 13. And behold, two of them, that is two of the disciples, went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. Okay? So this was an incident that happened after Jesus died. Okay? So, and Jesus had resurrected, but the guys didn't know. They hadn't known at that, that, as at that time. And, um, so they were on their way to Emmaus and um, with God discussing. So Jesus, as they were talking about, they were talking about the events that just happened, how Jesus died and all that, how they arrested him, all those information. They were just sharing with one another, wondering. And then the Bible tells us that Jesus now <laughs> uh, met them on the way, or rather, you know, this. It said in verse 15, as it, it came to pass, while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Or look at verse 16. Jesus went with them. These were Jesus' disciples. Praise God. These were Jesus' disciples. Take note. They were not strangers. But look at verse 16. But their eyes were what? Were holding. King James says holding. What does your translation say? Restrained. Yeah. So their eyes were restrained that they should not know him. So in other words, Jesus was walking with them and they didn't recognize him. Hallelujah. Very interesting. I mean, someone you've been with for three years, and they couldn't recognize him. And he said to them, what manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering said unto him, are you only a stranger in Jerusalem? And you have not known the things that have come to pass in these days? And he said to them, what are the things? <laughs> the person they were talking about was, <laughs> what are the things? 
He said, and they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth. So they were telling Jesus about Jesus. Interesting. Praise the Lord. Okay? And then they said all the stories and all that. Okay? How they arrested him, how they, uh, they crucified him, and then how some people, verse 24, certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher where he was buried, and they found it even so as the women had said, because some women had come to tell them that, hey, Jesus was no longer in the, in the grave, uh, in, the, in the sepulcher, looked as if Jesus has already resurrected. He told them that they should come, you know, and all that. They should go and tell them. You know, they said, they, and they said, but they, they didn't see him. And then Jesus said in verse 25, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Jesus was not abusing them. Just woke in bouillon. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He wasn't abusing them. What does he mean by O fools? It meant they were, they were slow of heart to believe. Okay? So it wasn't abusing them. It was just telling them their state. That they are slow to believe. So a person can be slow to believe. Secondly, you, that you see Jesus physically does not mean you know him. You know, sometimes we say, oh, I wish I was alive when Jesus was around. You won't be enjoying the iPhone you are enjoying today. You won't be living with electricity. Would you like that? <laughs> Praise God. Or maybe you are wishing that, oh, Jesus should have come at my own time. So at least I would have seen him physically. These guys saw him physically. They didn't know him. Oh, I wish Jesus can just be with me now in my office and just be showing me everything. You wouldn't know him. Because that is not the way to know Jesus. Look at And then he began to, he said, ought not Christ to have suffered, verse 26, and to enter his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So now, Jesus, take note, Jesus did not say to them, look, I am he. I'm the one you guys, can't you recognize me? No, he didn't say so. Rather, where did he go to? He went to the scriptures. So in other words, you want to know Jesus, where do you know him from? Scriptures. Not experiences. Not visions, not dreams. 
How do we know Jesus? How does he want us to know him? From the scriptures. Give me the New Living Translation of 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16, the New Living Translation. Quickly help me with that. Let's see. 2 Corinthians. Do you have the New Living Translation? Okay, thank you. So, let's, let's, let's read it together. One to go. So, we have stopped evaluating others by what the world thinks about them. Once, I mistakenly thought of Christ that way. As though he were merely a human being. How differently I think about him now. King James says, we don't know man. This is not the New Living Translation. Are you sure? Oh, okay, NLT. Uh, which one do I have in my house? Okay. We have another one. Where is it? Ah. One that says from the human point of view. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. So God does not want us to know Christ from the human point of view. As a mere human being. How does he want us to know him? Let's read on. He said, at the beginning of Moses and all the prophets he expounded. The word expound means to explain. He explained unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew near to the village where they went. And he made as though he would go further. They constrained him saying, no, abide with us. For it is towards evening and all that. It came to pass. As he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Verse 31. And their eyes were opened and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. Isn't it interesting? Why did Jesus vanish? After they had known him. He said, said, they just, their eyes were now opened. Hey, Jesus. Praise God. It means he didn't still want them to know them, to know him physically. Now, look at what they now said in verse 32. Read verse 32. He said that, and, it, uh, and they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us. So which means that as Jesus was expanding, he said, while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures. When the scriptures have been opened to you, your heart will burn. You get to know Jesus. That's where, so in other words, he wants us to know Jesus by revelation. The only way God wants us to know him is by revelation. He reveals himself to us through what? 
the scriptures. Someone say, let's put Bible aside. No, you can't put Bible aside. You can't know Jesus outside of the Bible. Hallelujah. Your opinion is not to, the way to know Jesus. That, is, that will be knowing Jesus from the human point of view. My opinion is not it. The scriptures is it. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, if we want to know where Jesus is, it will have to be by revelation. It's not I think. Tell your neighbor, it's not I think. I think. Mm -mm. It's not. You are not permitted to think your own thoughts outside of scriptures to know Jesus. On Wednesday, we were teaching about sharing the gospel. We saw how Paul reasoned from the scriptures. So we've got to know it. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of our understanding, what? Being opened. Praise God. So having said that, let's go back to John chapter 14, where we started last week. So, so our goal is to find out from the scriptures where Jesus is. So that when we see it from the scriptures, we can now accept it and walk with it. Jesus said in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Now, that means uh, your heart will be troubled if you don't believe in Jesus. What does it mean to be troubled? Hallelujah. It means to be agitated. It means to be restless. When you don't know Jesus, hallelujah, your heart will be restless. There will be no shorty in your heart. Hallelujah. There is no 100% shorty in any religion. There's always a comma. But it's only in Christ Jesus we have full, complete assurance. Only in Christ. That's why I said, don't, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, are what? Many mansions. We explained what the father's house is, it, isn't it? Praise God. We said, in my father's house are many mansions. We explained what the word mansion means. We said it means spaces, isn't it? Dwelling places. Praise God. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. So he's going to prepare a place for you and I was not talking about his second coming that we're expecting. 
was talking about his first going. Was talking about his death. So in his death, he went. The death of Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was the preparing of the place. In my father's house, there are many places. So I am going to prepare for you. So whatever he did afterwards was a part of the preparation for you and I. So that where he said, so that I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So that's where we ended last week. We said, where Christ is, that is where we are. Isn't it? Now, verse 4, and where I go, you know. The, and the way, you know. Now, you know, Jesus couldn't have been lying. Even though Thomas asked him, how can you say we know where you are going to? How can we know the way? But Jesus had told them, see, where I'm going, you know. So Thomas didn't know that he knew. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you can be a Christian, right? And you have experienced salvation. And you don't know much about salvation. Hallelujah. So, he said, you know. And then he now says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So, Jesus going to prepare the place to receive us means coming to the Father. Jesus receiving us is the same thing as what? Coming to the Father. And he says, I am the way. I am the one that is going to prepare the place for you. And I am the way that leads to the truth that gives you life. Did you see that? I am the way that leads to the truth that gives you life. And what does it mean to give you life? Hallelujah. You receive life when you come to the Father. By me. Let's read on. If you had known me, you should have known the Father. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Let's jump to verse 10. Believe thou not that I am... Now, verse 10. Let's read it together. I want us to read it slowly together. One to go. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? That's interesting. I thought he said, I am going to the Father. I will bring you to the Father. And my Father has a house. I'm going to prepare space for you so that where I am, right, 
that is where you also will be. Now he now says, I am, I want you to believe this. I am in the Father. So when he says, where I'm going to, where I am, that is where you are going to be. That is where I'm going to receive you to. So where is Jesus? He says, he is where? In the Father. And he now also says, the Father is in him. Looking confusing. So, well, let's take it one at a time. Jesus says, where I am, that's where you guys are going to be. And now says, first step, I am in the Father. So, if he is in the Father, where are we? Where will, where did he receive us to? He received us into the Father. Hallelujah. Don't look at Jesus from the human point of view. Human point of view. Human point of view. Don't forget. So he's not talking about a physical location. Right? So where is he? In the Father. Where does he receive us? In the Father. Then he now says, the Father is in him. If the Father is in him, and we are in, we are with him. Hello? We are with him, right? We, we are with, is that where I am? That's where you will be, isn't it? Uh -huh. So, we are with him. So, where is the Father? In him. Where is the Father? In relation to us. So, the Father is in us because we are with Jesus. Jesus is in the Father and where are we? Because we are with him, we are in the Father. Let's read on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said, let's read on. He says, let's jump to verse, 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 um, glory to God. Let's jump to verse 20. And we'll come back to verse 15. <clears throat> verse 20. One to go. Let's read it together. At that day, ye shall know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. <laughs> At that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Go back to verse 15. Glory to God. Let's check verse 12 first. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, put on your thinking cap, put on your thinking cap, he that believeth on me, 
The works that I do, also shall he do. The works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Why? Because I go. What is his going, what is the end of his going to the Father? Is to come to us and receive us. So we can do greater works because he has gone to the Father and has come back again to receive us into him. So why can you do greater works? We can do the works of Jesus because he has received us into him. And we are doing his works. We can't do it until we see ourselves in him. We can't do his works effectively. Jesus said, the works that I do, it is not me that is doing it. It is the Father in me that is doing the works. So, the works that you will do also, like Jesus, he said, is the Father in you. Doing the works is not you. Tell your neighbor, it's not you. It's the Father in you. Because, I mean, that, because, because you are now in Him and He is in you, therefore you can do His works. You can do the works of preaching the gospel. See, when you preach the gospel to someone, See, don't see it as it is me. It is, see, it's the Father doing the work in you. Paul puts it this way. He says, he calls us co-laborers. Co-laborers with him. He said, the Father is working, therefore I am working. Glory to God. The Father is working, therefore I what? So, so when you are approaching someone, don't look at it as, oh, it's me. See, it's the Father. Say, no man comes to me except the Father, what? Draws him. Glory to God. So you are not alone. <laughs> Amen. It's not, it's not, this is a, this is a teamwork. So it's the Father that is doing it. Paul said, yes, I labor more than they all, right? Yet not I. But what? The grace of God in me. So you, we are barely his, we are just, not barely, we are his mouthpiece. We become the mouthpiece through which God speaks we become his hands and his feet. Now, you know what will happen when your hands and your feet don't cooperate with you. Hello? Who has been in such a situation before? Where your hands and your feet did not cooperate with you. Brother Austin, you can remember. Right? When your hands... Your feet did not cooperate with you, you know, when he had that accident. And for months he was in a cast. Even though he desired to go to some places, he couldn't go because 
his feet couldn't cooperate with him at the time. So, he couldn't accomplish things that he wanted to accomplish. That's the way it is when we do not cooperate with him. God will not be able to accomplish the things he wants accomplished. So, Jesus is not just somewhere in heaven, floating and growing white beards beside the Father. It's, hallelujah. Where is he? What is he doing in heaven? Heaven belongs to him anyway. This is where the work is needed, isn't it? Yeah, that's the reason why he has left us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, let's, let's read on. Let's turn our Bibles to First uh, Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, we are investigating. Where is Jesus? First Peter chapter 2. Let's read from verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, hypocrisies, envies, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere makeup of the world that you may grow thereby, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Unto whom coming as unto a lively stone, disallowed or rejected indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Who is he talking about there? Who is he talking about there? He's talking about Jesus. He's saying that Jesus has been considered as a lively stone or a living stone. Right? And we have come to him. Look at the next verse. Okay? Verse 5. Let's read it together. You also as lively stones. Did you see that? As you are. I mean, where I am, there you will be. What is he... What is he here is a lively stone. What did he say we are? We are what? Lively stones. Uh-huh. Next verse. Are being are built up as what? Spiritual house. Stop there. We are built up spiritual house. John 14. What did Jesus say? In my father's house. Are many rooms. In my father's room house are many rooms. And you are being built up what? As lively stones, or you are you as lively stones being built up as what? Spiritual house. So is God living in a physical house? He is living rather in a spiritual house. And he says, you are the spiritual house. You are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices to God, acceptance to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the Holy Scripture. So in other words, he's trying to Tell us what the prophets have said. 
Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded, shall not, know, shall not be unaware of who he is. Referring to a, to, to a prophecy, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. So what's the chief cornerstone? Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Right? The, the, that's, that, you know, when you want to build a house, praise God. You don't start from the, from the when, when, you, when you want to start laying the blocks. Where do you lay, start from? Up or down? You start in a corner, isn't it? You don't start in the middle, you start in a corner. It is from the corner, right? You take it to this side, take it from that. That's those that's corners, that's those the, the brick at the corner is the chief cornerstone. Is what Jesus is being referred to. Hallelujah. He is the one that gives the direction and how it's going to be laid. So he says, You are living stones, we are built up, and Jesus is the chief cornerstone, elect and precious. He when we believe on him. We will not be confounded. That means that you will get to know exactly your place. So, where is my place? I am the house of God. In my father's house are many rooms. I am going to take to prepare a place for you. So that where I am, you will be. Where am I? I am in the Father. Where is the Father? The Father is in me. Go back to John chapter 14. Go back to John chapter 14. Praise God. Remember in, uh, 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 <laughs> the psalmist said something. He said, except the Lord does what? Builds the house. They labor in vain that build it. It's prophetic. God is the one that is the builder of the house. And we are the house that the Father has built. And he has chosen that you and I will be his dwelling place. So when you walk, walk as the house. Look at Where did I say we should open to? John chapter 14. Right? Okay. Let's, let's, let's discover some more. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I was born to be your dwelling place. A home for the presence of my God. And now my life is separated unto thee. Hallelujah. Verse 26. Verse, 20, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandment. What is his commandment? Believe on him. Right? He said, let not your heart be troubled in verse 1. You believe in God, believe also in me. So what is his commandment? His commandment is that we should what? 
believe on him. Praise God. So, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he will abide with you forever. What does he mean by another? We says the word, uh, 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 there are two words uh, translated another in uh, the Greek. One is alos, the other one is um, whatever it is in Greek, right? Ah, I've forgotten it. Okay, it means one is another like, the other is another that is like not, that is not like. Okay, so let's say um, you have that, you have this bag, right? Two of it beside themselves, right? You say this is one bag, this is another. The two of them are the same kind of bag, isn't it? They have exactly the same quality. They have made the same product. They were made the same day, made by the same uh, manufacturer. Everything, same color, same, 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 same. Okay? That's another. Now, if you put Bimbo's bag beside it, how many bags do we have? We have two bags. You say, okay, I have one bag. I have another bag. So this another bag is not like this one. Okay? Even though you are using the same, this, the word another. But it's not like it. So when Jesus says, I'm going to send you another, he's saying, he's saying another there is not one that is not like me, but one that is exactly like me. Okay? I'm so, so I'm going to pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of the truth, of truth whom the world cannot receive. But in that verse, verse 18, I said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So, Jesus, uh, it, what, the, word, the word comfortless means is the word orphan. Leave you like orphans. I'm not going to, you are not going to be an orphan. An orphan is someone whose parents have died, who is all by himself. Right? Right? Who is an orphan here? Okay, your parents have died. They have all died. Eh? Brother Lawrence is okay, he's the chief, he's the chief orphan. <laughs> eh? Oh, daddy, ah, daddy is the chief orphan. Praise <laughs> God. So, so, but I will not leave you as orphans, some translations say. So, but I will come to you. I thought he just said. The comforter will come and will abide with you forever. Why, can, why will Jesus say so? It's because it's another of the same kind. So what you get in Jesus, you get in the comforter. So Jesus is with you. He said, I will come. Has he come? He has come. Where has he come to? He has come to his house, for you are his house. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody's eyes are opening here. So, 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 glory to God. He said, he said, look at him. Hebrews. Hebrews. Ah, let's, no, let me quickly show you something there. In, in, let's still stay in John chapter 14. He said, in that day, you will know, glory to God, that I am in the Father, 
in verse 20. I am, you shall know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, I am in you. Verse 26. He said, uh, uh, mm. verse 23, Jesus answered, if a man loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode. I thought the Father's has a house. So why is he saying we'll come and make our abode? What is the meaning of abode? You don't use abode. When was the last time you used abode? Hallelujah. This is my, this is my, where I abide. <laughs> you say, please, I hope you are, are you in, are you in the 21st century? So, yeah, what's the, what are that word? What does the Bible use? Home. Home. He said, we will make our home with him. He said, we will, my father, will not, we will come to him. So, the father's house. Pastor, you are confusing me. No, just, just watch. Just, just watch. Jesus is trying to say something. Jesus is trying to say something. He's, remember, we are not seeing Jesus from the human point of view again. It's all spiritual. So, the Father's house, glory to God. He said, we, my Father, we will love him. With two of us, we will come and we'll make our abode with him. God's headquarters has shifted to the church. The church is where God resides. Remember I said something about heaven yes, last week. That heaven does not necessarily mean a, a geographical location. Heaven means the unseen. Most of the time when the Bible uses, especially in the New Testament, when it uses, it uses heaven, it means the unseen. The unseen realm. So when he said that you are seated with Christ in the heavens, in the heavenly places, or God dwells in the heavens, God says this is, Jesus said this is where he's dwelling. The church of Jesus. Hallelujah. Both individually and collectively is the house of God. Is where Jesus is. No wonder Paul told them. Look, look. Jesus said in Matthew chapter, chapter 6 in verse, uh, verse Matthew 6 verse 14. He said, he said, you are uh, the light of the world. What did he say? He said, you are a city set on the hill. You have come unto Mount Zion, Hebrews chapter 12. Unto the what? The city of the living God. The church of his firstborn. The general assembly. And church of the firstborn. So, when you think about where Jesus is, don't just think, oh, Jesus is in heaven. That's not what he wants you to carry with you. Hallelujah. What does he want you to carry with you? You are in him. You are his house. That's where he is. Glory to God. So, when I lay hands on the sick, it's Jesus laying hands on the sick. When I preach the gospel to someone, 
It's Jesus preaching the gospel to someone. When I open my mouth, someone said, I've not prayed for five hours, so I don't know whether I have anointing. See, he lives in you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, these signs will follow them that believe. What's the commandment? To believe. These signs will follow them that believe. In my name. So when he says, in my name, he's saying, I'm doing this thing through them. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we carry God everywhere we go. We carry him everywhere we go. We carry him everywhere we go. We carry him everywhere we go. Let me close with this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4. Let me close with Hebrews chapter 4 and uh, chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 4. Look at what he calls us. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 4. Let's look, chapter 3, verse 1. One to go. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. What does he call us? No, before that one. What did he call us? Say it again. Say it again. Look at your neighbor. Tell him. What did he call you? You didn't get it. Say it again. So, what, are, what qualifies the brethren there? Holy. So, he calls you holy. I call you holy. To know you are holy. Hallelujah. So when you think, when you think, but uh, pastor, uh, yesterday, I know what happened yesterday. He said, therefore, holy brethren. See, you've got to see yourself the way God sees you and call yourself what God calls you. Whether it makes sense or not. He says, holy. So, what does holy there mean? It means that you have separated him. You have, you have been separated unto him. Something special. God cannot live in an unholy vessel. But he has chosen to live in you. So, he is coming to live in you, makes you holy. Hello. He is coming to live in me, makes me what? So, partakers of what heaven has called us. That's what heavenly calling means. What heaven has called us. What has heaven called me? Holy. Chapter 4. Seeing then, verse 14, that we have a great high priest 
that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let's hold fast to what we say or what we believe. Why? Seeing then that Jesus, our high priest, is passed into heavens. Jesus passed into heavens as our priest. Remember, what does the high priest do? High priest goes to make what? Sacrifices. So, when we read that, right, what, are we, what comes to our mind is that, okay, Jesus passed, he went through the atmospheric heaven, first heaven, second heaven, third heaven, and he entered, he passed into the heavens where God is. And there he went to sacrifice, he went to, he, he, he went to do the great priestly walk. What's the priestly walk? What do the priests do then? They will carry what? They will carry blood and enter into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle it and pour it on the mercy seat on behalf of the people. That was what they used to do in, the, in those days in Israel. But Jesus is now our high priest. Now, chapter 9. Chapter 9. Hebrews, verse 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands. Did you see that? Christ is not go to the holy place made with what? Hands. Which are what? The figures of the truth. So which means that what the, the, the holy places in Israel at that time was a figure of the truth but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God. For who? So, the chief priest then used to appear in the Holy of Holies for the children of Israel. Now, go back to verse 13. Verse 13. I'm closing with this. Verse 13. For what did he used to what did he used to carry? Blood, isn't it? Praise God. But for if the blood of bulls of and of goats and ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh. Verse 14. How much more? Shall the blood of Christ. So, what's the blood of Christ? The blood of Christ is the life of Christ. Because blood, right, means what? If they drain blood out of you now, what will happen to you? To wear more. I just spoke French. You are dead. Right? So, how much more shall the life of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself. So, Christ did not offer animals. What did he offer? Himself. Remember, he had told that he offered, he went into, he passed through into the heavens and he ought to appear before God for us. 
Who needed the blood? Who needed the blood? Hallelujah. What was the purpose of the blood? To purge, I mean, to purge, to sanctify the people. Right? So, it was not God that needed the blood. It was what? It was the people that needed the blood. So, he offered himself without spot to God. What will he do? Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So, which means that where did Jesus take the blood to? Where is that heavenly that Jesus take his blood to? Jesus took his blood to cleanse your heart. It was not God that needed blood like uh, Chongo. Are you listening to me? So, the life of Jesus was to purge your conscience, was to cleanse you so that you can believe God and then he becomes your, you become his house. That was what made you holy. So you can say, like Sinas sang, I am holy, I am righteous. Why? Because my conscience has been purged by the precious blood of Jesus or the life of Jesus making room for the Father to come and dwell in me. So stop singing, come dwell in me. Why? Because you are just inviting him to your to house that belongs to him. He's already there. The day you receive Jesus, he came in. The Father is there. Jesus is there. Where is Jesus? Don't think he's at the right hand of the Father. Throne. The throne is white. Angels are surrounding it. The elders are surrounding it. They are shouting, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. They don't eat. They don't drink. All they are saying is just holy, 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 holy. That's a vision. Praise God. The holy God has chosen to indwell you. Someone says, ah, but how can God live in man? Praise God. That which is spiritual is spiritual. Amen. I don't try to understand how God lives in me. I just accept he's in me. Just like you don't understand how your phone works, but you just carry the phone and use it. No, I want to understand the mechanism behind this. Okay, go and learn it so that you can be repairing it. It's none of my business. I'm a user. Praise God. I'm his temple. How he dwells in me is his own business. But he dwells in me. So where is the address of Jesus? That's the long and short of all I've been saying. Where is the address of Jesus? Now you understand why he, we say he's in you. Don't just say he's in me. You now know why he's in you. Hallelujah. I carry him. 
Stand to your feet, everybody. I carry him. I carry him. 